Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Come on, side, side, Attention to all the fellas out there tuning into this podcast right now. Listen close and listen good. Two out of three men will experience some form of baldness or go entirely bald by the time they're only 35 years old. Yes, only 35. That's wild, right? So the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair. And this is where the team at Keeps come in. Keeps. That's K-E-E-P-S, Keeps, offers at-home consultations with doctors, and you can get hair loss treatment delivered right to your front door. See, back in the days, you used to have to go to the doctor's office for a prescription or risk trying one of those corny commercials promoting hair growth, but not with Keeps. They make it easy to deliver your treatment every three months as needed so you can say goodbye to long pharmacy checkout lines and awkward-ass doctor visits. Listen, act fast and act now because it could take anywhere from four to six months or more to see results. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Nearly 100,000 men across the country trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication and with treatments starting at just 10 bucks a month, you'll find out quick why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. For a limited time, you can get your first month of Keeps free with my special offer. Prevent hair loss right now and save some money at the same damn time. Visit Keeps.com sun. That's S O in keeps.com slash sun to receive your first month of treatment for free k-e-e-p-s dot com slash sun s-o-n you know like come on son keep that hair looking healthy fellas keeps.com slash sun come on son, son welcome to another episode of come on son the podcast i'm your host ed lover sometimes when i reflect on my life i i think about how lucky i am I think about being a kid and having my mom go to the store every Saturday and buy the top 10 records that were on the chart. And we would clean up the house and I would listen to this music. And this music that my mom brought home from O.C. Smith to Barry White to the Supremes, the Temptations, the Jackson 5, when they were really, really young, the Silvers, um, the average white band, the um, 
any group that you can think of. And there were so many songs and so many records that I really, really love from Cameo to the Barcades to Stevie Wonder was always huge in my house and Donny Hathaway and all of this music that I got to listen to as a child. And then when I became a teenager, really starting to focus more on playing music myself. And that's because of the love of the music that my mother gave me and my father gave me to uncles and aunts coming over. And we can all remember, come on downstairs and dance for your aunt and uncle and looking at Soul Train and trying to learn all the moves from Shalimar and Jody Watley and, and Jeffrey Daniel when they were background dancers to becoming, to becoming Shalimar, to the Whispers. And then on into my high school years, all the great music of the early 80s and the disco era and, and becoming a DJ and learning how to DJ throughout the disco eras and block parties and just watching music change from year to year, watching the inception of hip-hop into the music business, watching King Tim the Third become the first hip-hop record I ever heard, but it was by a group called the Fatback Band, and they had a guy rapping on it. So you really couldn't consider that a true hip-hop record, but it was the first record that I heard released with somebody rapping on it. And then came Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. And I watched rap change the world. And I watched rap change my life. When I got on UMTV Raps in 1989, I'm lucky enough to live through all those eras. Some of the best eras of music forever. For some of the best artists like Kane and, and, and the Furious Five and Melly Mel and Kumo D. And not knowing at the time when I was listening to Kane and Kumo D that there was a kid in Harlem who was like 15 years old and he was producing a show for Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. And he was producing How You Like Me Now for Kumo D, Wild Wild West for Kumo D, Rap's New Generation. Meeting this kid a long time ago and not even realizing that we was running in the same circles because we were both in top 40 bands. And he did a lot of music with a young group called Kids at Work. And then this kid went on to change the course of musical history forever. This kid from Harlem, name is Teddy Riley. Now, no genius, and I am going to certify that Teddy Riley is a genius, musical genius. There is no genius that can win without a great team. Stevie Wonder had Motown. Barry Gordy recognized Stevie's talent and cultivated it. Teddy Riley had a man by the name of Gene Griffin. Super controversial. Already was in the music business, had a label. Put out one, one night, a DJ saved my life. That was his song. Bounce Skate Road with Vaughn Mason, his label. Gene Griffin was Teddy Riley's godfather, Teddy Riley's manager, Teddy Riley's partner, and head of GR production, gave us so many amazing groups, Rex in Effect, Redhead Kingpin, Basic Black, Abstract, Today, Kids at Work, and of course, God. Joining me on the phone right now to talk a little bit about a New documentary that's about to come out called Jack This, The Lives and Times and Controversy of Gene Griffin. It's his wife of 50-some-odd years, Donna Griffin, and you're going to listen to her speak about Gene 
the controversy surrounding Gene and Teddy, publishing the infamous murder of Anthony B. Wagai and New Edition were on tour. We're going to cover all of that right here on Come On Sunday Podcast. Come on, son, son. No Limit Records set the bar for indie hip-hop labels before streaming and way before social media to make more than $400 million back in the 90s. We hear the southern rap sound around the world now, but Master P is truly a mastermind behind countless Dirty South anthems and posse cuts. And if you're under the age of 30, listen, Master P is more than Romeo's dad. He's an icon among music moguls. He kept 85% ownership of No Limit, which was virtually unheard of back then. So how did a teenager live in the public houses in New Orleans build his real-life music and media empire? Wednesday, July 29th at 9, 8 Central on BT. Find out on No Limit Chronicles. Master P takes you through the rise, fall, and rebirth of the label that changed hip-hop history. The five-part docuseries has it all. Greed, betrayal, high-profile cases, and the stories behind game-changing artists like Mia X, Mystical, and Snoop Dogg. No Limit Chronicle kicks off with an explosive two-hour premiere. Wednesday, July 29th at 9, 8 Central on BET. Search and post with hashtag Chronicles on BET. Come on, son, son. It's Come On, Son, the podcast. My name is Ed Lover. Welcome back to all my internets out there. I'm going to talk to somebody who is... How can I put this? She has insight into a lot of things that were going on during one of the most important musical point, points in history. And that's during the New Jack Swing. She was the late wife of, uh, she's the wife of the late great Jean Griffin. Her name is Donna Griffin. And Jean was very instrumental in the career of Teddy Riley. They're doing a brand new documentary called Jack Diss, the man, the music, and the legend. So let's welcome Donna Griffin on. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. How are you? Thanks for I'm, having me on your show this morning. No problem. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Congratulations on your success. And Thank keep you. Up good work. Well, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time. So just trying to, you know, move in different directions and keep myself relevant. That's, that, that's all I'm about. Now, how long were you and Gene Griffin married? Um, we were together for 22 years. Wow. So, you know, all the way from, from the early days of Harlem, the early days of, of, of Teddy Riley. Tell me when you first, when, when did Gene first become familiar with Teddy? Well, no, I, I wasn't there then. Uh, he first, okay. uh, I wasn't there then. I came in 1987. So from okay. 87 on. So they were, were they already rolling in 87? Was New Jack's New Jack Swing was already popping in 87, wasn't it? Uh, actually, uh, I believe uh, there were some songs produced, um, but not really popping. So okay. um, there was there was the when I when we came on board or when I came on board, uh, he had done the Wild Wild West with Modi. Okay, and um, that's pretty much what was going on at that time. And then the other projects that he had done or as a sideline person, um, I don't know, you know, the, those songs at all. I'm, yeah. He did Rap's New Generation. Um, Teddy did that. He did, um, like you said, Wild Wild West for Mo D. That was later on. This, this is, he did Dougie Fresh and, and Slick Rick, the show, early, early in like the early 80s. And um, Right. 
That was like 83, 84 when he did that, when he did that. So that was a long time ago. Now, this documentary on the life of Gene Griffin and his uh, contribution to the music industry, you guys reached out to me because I had Teddy on the show before, and we talked about a lot of things in his career. But one of the things that came up was the controversy between what happened with New Edition and what happened with Guy on tour and the death of Anthony B. And you guys said that Teddy told that story wrong. So tell me the correct story. Okay, so let me say this first and foremost. Uh, with me being there, I was not a sideline person in my husband's life. I did not sit back while he paid the bills and I spent money. Uh, when uh, Gene and the groups recorded songs and toured, I was there. When mm -hmm. members of the group um, had problems, I fixed them. And okay. every Friday I wrote checks and I wrote checks uh, for all different kind of stuff. So I may seem a little upset doing this interview, uh, but that's because they sat at my dinner table. I welcomed them into my home as family, and I dealt with the problems that did not have to do anything with the music business. So if I offend anybody, say a curse word while we are doing this interview, it's, it's, it's uh, not against anybody. It's just mm -hmm. that I'm just a little emotional about certain subjects. So when you go on to talk about Anthony B, and so the the, the tragic thing that happened, um, that's going to be uh, talked about a lot in the documentary because, um, Ed, I don't know if anybody knows it or not, I kept good, good records. So I, if, if, if I say something, it is, it is definitely, you know, what it was because I kept good records. Okay. So what what okay. is the what is the real story behind Anthony B's passing? Okay, so um the the real story was it was it was a group thing. So the group thing happened because uh actually Guy started off as the uh opening act. And as as the tour went on, uh, Guy ended up to be the headliner. So this was Guy and, in New Edition on tour. Right. Guy in New Edition on tour. It was the Bud Fest. And so okay. um, they had an incident in North Carolina. And the incident happened because of the uh, previous uh, tour date, which is, was in Syracuse. So their equipment hadn't gotten there. So they had to go on after guy. And so it was against the groups. The groups, a new addition did storm the stage. It had nothing to do with the stage change. So um, from that, we got a call that night. Um, uh, we said that we was going to uh, be in Pittsburgh the next day because we spoke to the road manager and Teddy, and they were clearly upset. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we got to Pittsburgh, we had a meeting with um, Al Heyman. We, uh, Gene went upstairs. He, he talked to Al uh, in Al's room. I stayed downstairs. Gene came out of that meeting. Uh, I was sitting in the cafe in the hotel, which was right across the street from the arena. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gene came to join me. 
I wasn't feeling easy about anything. And so with that being said, um, um, all of a sudden I hear all this running coming down the street. It, it sounded like a herd of cattle. And mm-hmm. then I heard the gunshot. And I looked up, and Anthony B. was running. And Gene told me to sit there. But being me, I, I'm not going to sit there. So uh, Anthony B. came in the lobby. I went to the door. When I got to the door, I looked Ronald Bird right in his face. Ronald Bird looked me right in the face. He was, the gun was pointed at me. He looked at me. When I saw him look at me, he just kind of like, oh, my God, what have I done kind of looked and ran back the other way. I went to the lobby. The lobby was chaotic. It was people all over the place. People were screaming, hollering. Anthony B. was laying on the floor. Gene was on the floor kind of kneeling with Anthony B. He told me, he said, Donna, get down here on the floor. Um, hang out with Anthony. Keep Anthony here. So I was talking to Anthony, and I was asking Anthony to stay with us, stay with us. And um, from that point on, Anthony kind of looked at me, and he said, Donna, I got to go. And it it was one of the worst moments of my life. I just, Mm. I can't talk about it without getting emotional, and I'm sorry about that. But, you know, to lose somebody or lose anybody, it, it was a tragic thing. Mm-hmm. So Gene went to the hospital with Anthony B, but Anthony B was deceased before he went to the hospital. Oh, and wow. so, you know, a lot of people like to say that, you know, the reason why that happened, it was Gene. But let me just say that in, in, I will tell you who made that call to Anthony B. We did not make, Gene did not call Anthony B there. Anthony B was not Gene's go-to security person. He was not that. So in the documentary, mm. I'll tell you more about that. Okay, so was any just another question about it? Was anybody ever prosecuted for the murder of Anthony B? Yes, Ro- Ronald Bird went to right. Ronald Bird went to jail for a couple of years. Um, there were some other people that were um, uh, Ron Thomas, uh, Mike Floyd. Um, that's pretty much it. So. And in the documentary, you'll see that I even have the arrest records because Gene was arrested, too. But he was arrested for going over to the hospital with Anthony B. Oh, okay. Right. And the legend is, oh, yeah, Gene brought in his thug. And that's not true. Not at all. And then by the time we got back to New York, um, I had got the group out of uh, Pittsburgh as soon as I possibly could. Because mm-hmm. they were clearly upset by the time the buses pulled in. There was police everywhere. There was helicopters. There was a lot of, uh, uh, of stuff going on. So um, when, when we got back to New York, uh, Gerald Busby made a call to Gene and said to Gene, please do not make any comments. Uh, they're your label mates, and we'll keep it like that. And so when press came around, that is exactly what Gene did. He said, you know, that they were our label, our label mates, and we will not make any comments at this time. Okay. Let's move on um, from that, and I'm quite sure that more of that will be covered in the documentary, Jack Dist, and yes. Life and Times of Mr. Yes. Gene Griffin. Yes. When right. I remember seeing the, when, when I remember, when I remember seeing the first 
very first Guy album, Timothy Gatlin was on that album. It was Aaron, yeah. Teddy, and Timothy. What was, why did, why did, how did Damien become part of the group and why did Timothy Gatlin leave? There was some controversy surrounding songs written or songs that he didn't write or singing or what was the real, the real reason why Tim Gatlin and if people out there listening, go look up the first guy album and you will see that Aaron brother Damien is not on that album. And I interviewed him recently and he gave me one reason why he ended up being the group. Tell me how Timothy Gatlin left guy okay so um they used to come to my house in dc and hang out um go over the songs kind of hang out with gene record uh do stuff like that and this is so teddy timothy, aaron and timothy uh-uh it, uh, that day that time it was uh teddy and um timmy and okay. they were at the house and Gene was uh, coming in on a plane that day, so uh, Timmy and Teddy was having a few angry words. So I came and I kind of was like, "Oh, um, what's going on?" So they were they were arguing, and uh, I said, "Okay, so I'm going to get Gene." So Teddy rode with me to the airport to get Gene. When Gene got in the car, I told Gene immediately. I said, "Timmy uh, and Teddy was arguing." So uh, Gene asked Teddy, he said, Teddy, what do you want me to do about this? Teddy said, well, kind of look kind of down. Well, I don't know. He said, well, is he in or is he out? What, is, what do you want me to do? So uh, Teddy said, he's out. So essentially, Teddy, said, Teddy, Teddy with, in conjunction with Gene, fired Timothy Gatlin from the group. Yep. Gene said, "I'll take care of it." What was the, so what was the argument? So that was the exit of Tim Gatlin. What was the argument about? Was the differences in music just general argument? Because you know, everybody argues you know, in a group. I believe that Timmy thought that he was kind of the leader of the group, and so they were having words about um, who was going to do what and how this how how things was going to happen. And um, Teddy was not really in agreement. Uh, Teddy is really a non-confrontational person. So, right. you know, Timmy is Timmy was confrontational. And so he, you know, it it, it just seems like to me he was, you know, kind of like um strong um and Teddy into, you know, doing what he wanted him to do. And so, okay. you know, with Gene being that person and Teddy and Gene's relationship you know, was one of the way he was introduced to me. This is like my son, Donna. So right. that's why, yeah, and, and that's why I looked at Teddy the way I did. And he, okay. and Teddy even, Teddy even calls me mom when he talks to me. Okay. So, so you know, there was, that's the relationship. Donna, there is also, and I'm talking to Donna Griffin, we're talking about this brand new documentary on the life of the legendary and sometimes controversial Gene Griffin and his contribution to the music industry and especially GR Productions and how it uh, was with Teddy Riley back when New Jack Swing first hit and Guy was one of the biggest groups and they had so many groups under GR Productions. There is a bit of controversy, Donna, and I'm hoping that you could clear this up for us about publishing. One of the biggest rumors that's ever been out there is that Gene would take everybody's publishing, including Teddy's. Do you care to speak on that? I will. 
um, Gene was an executive producer. And so when I say that, I say that to say that, um, you know, he made sure that everything was done. The, the the studios, the the re- rehearsals, the developing of the artists, the marketing and and, and um, the whole gamut. And so, um, also Teddy had signed some contracts uh, before Gene got out of jail. So there was a a little bit of a gap between Gene and Teddy's relationship. So if you, uh, Gene went to jail probably in nineteen. 1984, and um, he had had a record company that uh, Teddy was involved with, um, and there were some some records produced then with kids out kids at work. And uh, for y'all that don't know it, that Gene did a DJ say my life uh, rap skate bounce also. Right. So um, anyway, so Teddy. When, when, just before Gene got out of jail, Teddy um, signed a couple of contracts with different people. And so it was like four, four or five different contracts. But one of them was with uh, Clive Collier with Jive and Zamba. Okay. And so um, that contract uh, that he signed with them, actually Clive Collier had put out a cease and desist or, uh, with all the major labels uh, stating that if they uh, did anything with Teddy, that, um, you know, that he was going to sue them for the cease and desist because Teddy had signed two different contracts with him. What did, did, so he, Gene, did he sign an exclusive contract to produce just for Jive? Jive yes, Zomba at the time? Yes, okay. he did. And he was still under contract with Gene, but while you know, of course, Gene was uh, uh, Gene was um, just getting out of jail. So you know, like I said. So anyway, um, he signed these contracts. Gene was trying to get him out of these contracts, and Teddy's name couldn't appear. So what what Gene did was offered because he put his name on things as well as he put Markel's name on things, which is Teddy's brother. Right. So that Teddy could continue to work um, while uh, we tried to uh, get him out of these contracts, which was crazy because um, Clive Claudia had Teddy sign a $10,000 uh, uh, executive, uh, excuse me, exclusive um, producer agreement. And mm-hmm. he wanted $5 million to get him out of the, the contract. Mm. So we had we had fought these contracts the whole while. It took us from eighty seven to eighty nine, and he still was under those contracts. So that is why uh, 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 Markel's name appeared on there. And um, this was no secret to Teddy. It was no so, secret as to what Gene was doing. So, so Teddy, Teddy didn't to, Teddy Teddy didn't own his own publishing. Publishing is one of the one of the biggest things that you can own. In the music business, those are your rights to the songs that you produced or, or rights to the song that you wrote. If you wrote and produced songs, shouldn't you own your own publishing unless you do a publishing deal? Who owned Teddy's right. publishing? Did he own it or did Gene own it? Uh, Markel owned it. And um, 
what people didn't know that Gene was in the studios too. So Gene went and, and he was in the studios and to own publishing, uh, Ed, yes, you, you can own your own publishing, but at the same time, just like everything else, there, there are deal structs. There's, there's the business of music. So not not everybody owns their, their, their work. And that is how they, that goes because some people invest in people, develop people. Uh, and so with that being said, you know, there, there's a lot of artists that don't own their work. Now they get writing, which is ASCAP, VMI, and CSAC, but they, um, uh, as far as the publishing, the publishing can be sold, leased, um, and, and divided. Right. So they can be divided. Right. Right. So Gene wasn't just the manager. Gene was an executive producer. So, you know, he, you know, he invested, he paid for, uh, um, we, we, we did, we did everything for them. We did everything for them. So as far as that go, I don't, you know, before people know about the business of music, they need to stop thinking that um, people uh, are out here investing in people uh, without uh, return, and and that's how that goes. Yeah, I mean, if you're investing, you're investing in something to get a return. You're not investing in something just because right. you know and, you're going to you get your what? return. But but there is a difference in between getting a return and ripping people off. That's is a big difference between that. And and throughout history, there are a lot of artists that have been working and not getting paid for their work, even though somebody has already made their return on their investment. You know, you generally make your return on investment plus a profit. And then after the profit, the artist starts to profit. So my question to you is, is this true that Gene was getting a double slice of the pie 20% as Teddy's manager and his publishing. That doesn't no. seem correct to no. me. No, that is not true. That or is, is that a business? Is, that's not true. Okay, is that a businessman just taking advantage of a naive, young, super talented artist? No, that is not true, Ed. Um, I will disclose the papers in the documentary, but... Okay. Um, let me just say that um, Teddy partook in the business as well with Gene. So trying to make sure that uh, uh, artists like Teddy, which you say super talented, um, get and live off of their work, Teddy was compensated. Believe that. And so you'll see that in the documentary. And when when can we expect this documentary? And Gene only got the publishing. He did not get the 20%. Okay, so, so he, didn't, he didn't take 20% not, as Teddy's no, manager. But he took his partial publishing on songs that he co-wrote or produced. He took He took partial publishing on some of the songs. Yes, he did. Okay. So when when can we respect, when can we expect Jack this this documentary on the life of Gene Griffin? 
Jackson's is finished. It's, uh, it, I have been working on it for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it is finished. Um, I'm just um, right now looking to place it. Um, I have 62 interviews from different people. And um, I have Arkill. I have Seafood. I have. What I have is a bunch of people that are talking that was involved in the music. Um, and let me just say that, you know, when you talk about super talented people, we had a group of super talented people. There was people who worked on songs, and uh, there was there was something else that Gene did that um, people don't know that Gene was doing. So... Mm-hmm. Um, all these people went into the studios, Ed, and uh, to talk about people's publishings or people's works or people's talents and stuff like that, let me just say that a lot of that stuff that came out of GR Productions that had Teddy's stamp or name on there was because that, you know, we could, we could get uh, more because we had marketed Teddy more than anybody in that company. And so right. when... when Right. So when people went into the studios, uh, to the group today, uh, Rex in Effect, um, um, Bernard Bell was there. There was um, Dinky. There was Preston Middleton. There was all these people that worked and worked really hard. They went. They went with their talent. Yeah, absolutely. A, a lot of a, a lot of those people, right. Donna. You you just mentioned are. are close friends of mine that I've known for a very, very long time. And I'm really, really can't wait to see Jack this, the documentary on the life of genius and sometimes controversial Mr. Gene Griffin and his contribution to new Jack swing and, and what everything that you guys had going on, because it was a very, very special time in music. And might I say that Gene was very instrumental in changing music. And that's what you guys did. I mean, Teddy was a catalyst because Teddy is, amazingly, amazingly talented. But there was always had to be a team of people behind somebody that talented to make it. And Gene had a big part in making New Jack City popular and making Teddy popular, and you changed music. So that's something that you can always hang your hat on is the fact that you guys did something that changed the course of music forever and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us let us know give us a call give me a call so i can personally push when jack this is out and we can all watch this thank you so much donna donna griffin for joining me today i appreciate it thank you i'm thank you okay. for having me take care we'll talk soon okay we'll do a part two to this i'll wait till after i see the documentary and then we'll do a part two how about that i would love that because there was so much more that I needed to talk about. And thank you for just listening to me. I mean, because over the years, I've been very, very quiet. And, and now that I've heard all these different stories that, was, that, that have been going on and happening, I really, I really would like to tell the stories of these things. Absolutely. I think we need to hear from somebody like you that, that was there. Right. And, and, yeah, and, and intimately involved in all the production and booking and and everything. It's just a lot to it. It's a lot to it. Too much to go into right now. So we'll do a part two. Okay, let's do a part two. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much. Donna Griffin on the line with me. It's Come On, Son, the podcast. 
Come on, son, son. Come on, son. Let me tell y'all something right now, man. This, it, 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 why are we so stupid? Why can't we see through this mess Kanye West is trying to pull on us? Why are we even biting into Why am I even talking about this? This dude is trying to run for president. Now, let me pre preface this by saying Kanye is my man, 50 grand. Do I think that Kanye West is a musical genius? Yes, I do. But do I think Kanye West has made a mess of his life after his mother's passed away? Yes, I do. Now he wants to run for president. You came out and told us that you were bipolar. I'm sorry. Come on, son. I don't want a bipolar president. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not doing it. Now, the rest of y'all might want to vote for Kanye West, but Ed Lover's not voting for Kanye West because Kanye West says too many things. And did y'all know that the president keeps his finger on the button? Okay. I'm not dying. I have children. I'm not messing with Kanye West for president. Come on, son. You tweeting out that People in your family can't see your kid. They want your your wife wanted to have you committed after you made that rant in South Carolina about how you almost killed your daughter. Harriet Tubman never freed the slaves, something that we never said she did in the first place. She facilitated the uh, freedom of slaves, but she didn't go around going, you free, you free, you free. Come on, son. When are you going to get your life together? Now you want to be the president. Last uh, six months ago, you was a super Christian who redirected your life to Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're doing, bro, but I know every single time you get ready to drop an album, you come with some bullshit. Kanye West, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, son. Come on, son. And speaking of people who need to get the, you know what I'm saying, President Trump. Now he's talking about if he loses, he may not even vacate the White House. What do you think you are, a dictator, dog? Are you serious, dog? For real? You're not going to abide by the results of the election, but if you lose. So if you win, you good with it. You sound like a kid that loses a game in the park and then takes their ball and go home. I don't know why they voted for your orange ass in the first place. I really, come on, son. America, I always felt like y'all should be ashamed of yourself for letting a con man become the president of the United States. He don't even know whether or not he want to wear a mask. Listen to what he said about wearing a mask. Come on, son. Are you and Kanye West the same person, son? I really think you and Kanye are the same person. Because y'all be bugging, man. Y'all be bugging. I, I, uh, y'all both need to get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, son. Cause I can't, I can't take it, man. And I can't take all, all everybody coming down. All right, rest in peace, Naya Rivera. But why are you coming down on Big Sean for it? Why are you messing with Big Sean? What is Big Sean? All right, that was his girl, and he made the the song when he was hurt. But that was art. That don't mean everybody on Twitter was getting at him because Naya Rivera passed away. And I understand y'all having heartfelt reaction to Naya Rivera, but he ain't killer. And he stopped dating her in 2014. It's 2020. Let it go, son. Let it freaking go. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit, too. And speaking of bullshit, what are we going to call people to carpet for the shit that they do that hurts black people? We got to stop letting black people, I don't care who they are. Stop letting black people hurt other black people. Stop that, man. Y'all let people get away with shit because they famous and you got to stop doing that. Stop it because they're hurting us more than we than, than other people hurt us. Come on, man. Let's get it together. If black lives matter, then they got to matter when it comes to black on black crime too. 
Remember that. Let's get out there and stop that. Stop letting us hurt us. My name is Ed Lover. This is Come On, Son. And I approve this message. Come on, son, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.